Listen, players. <laughs> You're listening to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast by the School of Calisthenics. Here are your hosts, Tim and Jacko. Now, this interview has probably been a little bit overdue. We are combined, what we're about to do is put four relatively older gentlemen of the fitness industry in one room to have a pod, well not in one room, but in multiple rooms, but in one podcast to chew through, well I don't know, Leon and John from, or aka The Lean Machines, on to just come and wax lyrical about what it's like over spending a decade in the industry. And these guys were there at the start of content creation, and this is just yeah. a great story of, of their learnings and lessons along the way. Yeah, I... I was expecting it to be fairly honest and just like they're straight up guys like that's what that's what you sort of that's what you see and actually having had the conversation now just sort of blown away by just their their honesty and their openness and just free willing to share that because they know that by them being honest and sharing that true reflection of of themselves where they're at now how they've got there like it just it's going that's going to give everyone listening to regardless of what what your current situation whatever it is that you're doing the for you to just step into that place of just being like the best version of yourself which is just you being honest about who you are and um yeah i i couldn't be yeah blown away by that it's uh, it's a it's a great one so you can absolutely uh, yeah you can absolutely love it i think so we won't delay you any longer from the from the worlds of wisdom from the Lean Machines. Um, if you want to check out our online training platforms or any workshops that we've got coming up, if you want to go and give yourself a little dose of movement, strength and play, you can find us all on schoolofcalisthenics.com. Just go and check out what we've got going on and we hopefully will see you either online or in person before long. Roll that jingle. So welcome to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast, The Lean Machines. How are you doing, John and Leon? Very good. Thank you, chaps. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolute pleasure to be here. This is my first little bit of work um, speaking in the last couple of weeks. So you will get a nice, probably jet lagged voice at some point, but we'll get through it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about what you've been up to and where you've been. Um, but I was thinking, my, my, the thing I was going on the intro was thinking of like dynamic duos. And I was like... The dynamic duos meet another dynamic. I was like, "What's a pair of dynamic? What a dynamic? A dynamic and duo? Of dynamic duos?" Then I was thinking of Batman and Robin. Then I was thinking, "Is there another dynamic duo, or is it only literally Batman and Robin?" I was considering us, the four of us, being like a, a pair of dynamic duos. Anyway, that's not really a very good question. <laughs> Step brothers, really? Step brothers. Yes. Who would you be, Dale? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Curly. Well, they're both curly hair. Yeah. So I'd be Brendan. He's taller. Yeah. He's a nerd as well. <laughs> <laughs> so fellas just give us a little bit of a background of like um the 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 short version we want to get into some good conversation of like where did it where did it actually all start for you and i'm imagining like way back was it was it youtube before instagram was even it was facebook before it's like now who cares about fate or whatever like what what's that journey been like for you and where where did it actually all kick off and, and how do you boys know each other 
Well, it kind of all start. We've, we've been best friends for years and obviously working as personal trainers, our first gym, we both worked at the same gym together and it kind of started um, basically filming videos on a spud, what it looked like, yeah. a little handy cam um, back in the day. We were basically very hungry personal trainers in our local area yeah. and what we found was... As personal trainers, you were seen as naturally quite unapproachable anyway. We had quite big personalities. We loved working out, high-fiving, having a laugh with people. And there was always this encouragement to go and correct people's form in the gym. And we always understood and remembered it from being young gym users ourselves that you're in an already uncomfortable environment. Can you imagine what kind of emotional turmoil this person's going to go through by me going, even in a nice way, you're doing that wrong, try doing this. It just always didn't feel right. Yeah. So John came to me one day and was like, tell you what, why don't we film YouTube videos of like tutorials <laughs> and information for people and just put it somewhere and they can take it or leave it. Um, and back in the day, you know, we're talking 10, 12 years ago, music rights meant that basically videos would just get ripped down as soon as you did anything. So we just started at like 10 o'clock at night when the gym closed, film till midnight, film a load of content, and then just started spewing it out three times a week. Um, and, I, and that's how it kind of started. And as they say, you know, the, the, the rest is history, really. Nice. So it started with YouTube. Yeah, YouTube was numero uno for us in terms of like stepping into the social yeah, media is, sphere. This is before YouTube was a revenue maker, before yeah. it was really anything. And before really you'd even really have YouTube as your go-to place to search for things, if I'm being honest. This is 10, 11 years ago now. This is not too far after MySpace and that type of time. So we're way before TikTok. <laughs> Did we even still have Bebo accounts back then? Right. And Bebo was gone. <laughs> Bebo was gone. Bebo, MySpace, and then we start talking uh, at Facebook, which is obviously now Meta. By the way, Leon, have you got a filter on your webcam? I feel like I haven't got a wrinkle on my face. Like I've, I've just I'm like <laughs> ten years just, younger. I just, I just naturally put someone on a little bit, like a little it. bit of blush. Just smeared some makeup on the mirror. Yeah. Well, if it's you want to, the... if you want to know how how long ago this was for us, I remember sitting there starting a twitter account with john's older sister not knowing what twitter was but just being told <laughs> you have to have twitter and then when we got to the lean machines on instagram we had a fan account had made the lean machines before we even had an instagram account so this is like how far back <laughs> we've gone and literally the expectation for us and the only hope was we might gain some clients because you know, we're in our local area, we're putting content out. We didn't even we didn't even see YouTube as this huge global tool. It was just a cool way to help people in an approachable way that wasn't right in their face and it might turn into a few clients. That was the yeah. sheer naivety of the, yeah. the dream. And how ironic it is that now it's become a place where everyone goes to social media and YouTube to get advice on training and avoid going to personal trainers. <laughs> so it's exactly like, that. Yeah, you're basically just circle. constantly swimming as hard yeah. as possible just to stay current now. Yeah. So have you guys done that? That I have this thing. We've got some really old you know, videos on YouTube that I'm somewhat embarrassed about when you go back and look at them. Have you guys taken your old videos down or are they still there? Because mm. ours are still there. Jack, I don't want to take them yeah. off. Whereas I'm like, there, oh, there gosh, is... we like... Yeah, most you got to keep mine, the originals. 
90% of them are there, including our first video. There's a few that I'd taken down, which I just don't agree with anymore in terms of training principles and stuff like that. I look back and I'm like, do you know, I don't want people to think that's what they need to do because it's not. Yeah. Do you know I mean? It was a different time 10 years ago. Um, yeah. So there's a few things probably nutrition based more than anything else that have been taken down um, and just been, yeah, just been killed basically. Yeah. <laughs> I think to be honest, like with, with nutrition and training, you're not really invent reinventing the wheel. So luckily for us, we didn't come in with any ridiculous claims of like everybody has to be keto or do I uh, intermittent fasting or anything like that. So we've always been quite middle road with a lot of the bits and pieces that we put out. So there was never really any worry of, major factual inaccuracies or anything like that it was more just a case of which i think we all do you know we all have our biases you know and and things change and grow and adapt as we as we go through the industry and i think maybe back then you know we weren't i wasn't really eating as much carbs so maybe i would lean towards oh yeah maybe drop your carbs a little bit more rather than you know based on your own experience rather than saying you know carbs are a killer you should never eat them uh so it's just certain things that maybe just changed and evolved as we have but i still love going back into the old archive and sending screenshots and stuff to john i don't remember this video so don't do it (laughs) it's more because we're annoyed at how much older we've got i think more than anything a lot older have you guys found that, like, have you found that um, that process? Because obviously with, with social, and Jack and I have had this experience to a certain point, when you play it down the middle and it's not particularly sort of controversial or divisive, it's not the easiest way to kind of actually build a following and give information to the yeah. people who, well, to put the right information in people's hands, right? We, we'd much rather go and watch The Liver King than to somebody yeah. to say, just eat a normal balanced diet. Like, it's <laughs> it's a crazy yeah. world that we I live think, in. I think a good way to explain it is, you might not burn as bright, but you'll burn for longer. There's few people that have been doing it for as long as we've all been doing it now and are still credible because they haven't stuck themselves to one thing like eating raw offal or whatever it may be (laughs) and being out there, being controversial to get traction. But traction on that kind of stuff only lasts a small amount of time. Um, And I think that's the reason that we've all remained current because sure, opinions have changed as we've grown a small amount, but our core principles and the value of what we're giving hasn't changed. Um, And you're not trying to, like you say, there was a time when intermittent fasting was nuts and not if you jumped on that, but then all of your diet advice, unless you're going to rebrand yourself, is around intermittent fasting. So if you call yourself IF John or whatever, you kind of you, you pigeonhole yourself. So it's about being sticking to your to your morals, but also being consistent in terms of your approach and your the value of your content that you put out. Sure, we did silly things back in the day, like Harlem Shake video, which has probably been long delayed and now. The cinnamon challenge. Yeah, just what, <laughs> just when you're just still trying to, to suss stuff out and gain traction and stuff like that. But actually, any of that kind of stuff was not related to our fitness stuff. And most certainly then, because fitness was so low on on social media in the last couple of years, as it really picked up, it was always makeup uh, and that kind of stuff. And then. It was rare that you would get something that got traction that was viral through fitness, whereas now you see a lot more of that. Probably actually a good chunk of it is now fitness related. Because yeah. um, sex sells in yeah. our industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just the yeah. way that it is. And like we knew back in the day, there was multiple times where we could have adjusted our 
method and gone purely about growth because and we, we were encouraged left right and center by everybody around us everybody supporting us everybody behind us from a business level go for growth it was all about numbers 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 get subscribers and we were encouraged for a very long time to do topless content do you know you want to be doing stuff that's just to the point follow one method and follow one piece of advice and everything like that and it's all well and good but we didn't we were fortunate that we didn't start it from a business perspective. Like we only really, if we're completely honest, started running this as a business four or five years ago. Up until then, it was, yeah, it was great opportunities. Things were going well and all the rest of it. But we were still personal trainers hustling. You know, for a very long time, this was just that side hustle. And it was actually a, a publishing deal that came in where they were like, you cannot physically write a book for us in six months if you want to write every word yourself and still do 50 hours of PT a week and run YouTube channel. And we were still going naively. Yeah, we can. We'll be fine. We'll just crack on. Yeah. And it wasn't even until they highlighted everything that we were trying to do in a week that we suddenly realized we're like, we're not really giving this the time and energy to actually build something off the back of it. And that's when it all changed. And we just kind of went a, for that. That was actually a scary time when you think about it because next to no one then was making a living from anything on social no one was mm. so you're not only are you going away from security as secure as personal training is you're going to something completely new and just going all right we'll just we'll just suck it and see what happens and really yeah. just kind of carving a new path for want of a better term not that we looked at it like that back then but leon and i've always had this thing whether it's a TV appearance or it's doing something big, you just give a little fist bump and you just send it and you just say, I'll see you on the other side and what happens, what happens. But you've just got to, you've got to just take those chances. Um, and it's kind of come around full circle as we started to take things more business minded. We were able to think, well, what do we really want from life? And we want to spend time with our kids. Um, we've both got little girls, not so little anymore. But, well, Bobby will be four in January. When Jack's four? December. December, just before. Um, so a lot of the last few years for us, actually yeah. kind of COVID didn't necessarily come at a bad time. We got to spend a lot of time with our girls and that's really how we've, we've, we've channeled our time into, if you know what I mean. So then that means that we were able to start coaching again. Like we do a lot of online coaching now. And honestly, we do a little less traveling, partially because we weren't really able to during the pandemic and partially out of choice now. So I think now it's kind of... I know Leon's just been over Sri Lanka to do his 250k ultra marathon, but it's also, I think as a lot of people are probably discovering now, it's forcing yourself a little bit to be a bit more um, extrovert, make sure you get out and you do these things. Because it's very easy now, because a lot of things happen in London. One of my good friends, Faisal, he's got a, a launch of a new class that he's starting, which he's super proud of in London next week. And I was like, I don't want to go to London I, It's for the morning. I don't really want to drive up there. I can't be asked. It's two hours. And I'm like, yes, but he's there to support us when we do that kind of stuff. He's got something new. I'll make the trip and I'll go. And it's, it's, it's sometimes you just have to kind of give yourself a little kick up the ass to make sure that you are still stepping outside. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. Um, just shifting gears slightly, which will start to get us going into a bit more a bit more sort of detail on some of the stuff you you a bit more current about what you're up to now but how how you get to where you're now i think is really really interesting in terms of both or you can answer in in any order but from a how's your view of your own training and that type of thing changed um 
you know, I remember seeing, seeing, you know, we followed you guys for ages and seeing you doing like a transition into like far more CrossFit, for example. But like, what, how's your own thoughts and what you want out of training changed over 10 years or even more if you go, you know, if you go further back, if I think of my mindset towards training now compared to when I played like rugby and sports and things, it's very different. But also what's your, um, how's your view of, the fitness world changed has it changed like compared to you know however however old you were when you first started pt like we're excited to train people and like and your view on training you already said you took down some videos because you thought some things will change over time like just really interested to see what that what yeah. that journey's been like yeah i think uh, fitness when we started was dominated by your size it was still, we're still in the shadow of Arnie and that kind of stuff. It wasn't as open as it is now. It was very much about... And it's also very American yeah, as well. Yeah, it was about how yoked can you get. Um, and obviously, we worked in the gym, young lads <laughs> at the time, single when we first started. So a lot of it was about how big can you get bodybuilding and stuff like that that's not a race i'm ever going to excel at with my body type. <laughs> so then it puts you it then puts you in the it then puts you in the realms of do you want to do steroids? And that was an honest question that I had with myself at one point. It went on and for that that dialogue for us did go back and forth for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, to be completely honest, because when we started, like we, we remember when we were trying to deliberate over the name, uh, the Lean Machines. It that was actually off the cuff joke, wasn't it? it? It was off the cuff because again, it was so American dominant on, on youtube that you needed something that was kind of out there in your face you got like athlean x and yeah, you yeah, got yeah. like you know you got buff dudes and stuff like that so like cool let's be the lean machines because it yeah. it sounded you're playing against that american market yeah. and there was this period of time where we transitioned from yes we were getting some traction it was going in the right way to having to deal with the trolling that came back and you know, everyone talks about it now like it's just a normal what's, thing. What's your best trot? What's been your what's, what's been your best one that you can look back on now and and just laugh uh, at? Well, I, I think, any. to be honest, I think one of the worst ones I got was actually nothing to do with fitness. It was actually someone saying, "Oh, he's so evil. I think he beats his wife up or something like that." Mm. Someone said something really fucking weird. vicious about, "Oh, I can see hate in his eyes from <laughs> like a video," and I was like, "Wow." But it's like people say, you know, people would come on and say, they're why should we? They're not even big. Or they're not even big or you're not even lean. Why should we take your advice? Like that kind of stuff was super, super common. And we, we did reach this junction of do you just turn around and get yoked and kind of go down that route, do a couple of courses? Everybody was doing it seemingly from, you know, whether they wanted to admit it or not. There was so much gear in the industry. Um, and it's like you could do it, get away with it, make your money and get out before anyone really worried. It was, it was a, a viable option at the time. But then every single time you have those conversations, you realized, you know, we're luckily we had each other to level us out. And it was like, you realized it wasn't coming from a personal position. It was coming from external factors and yeah, external yeah. forces kind of drawing you towards this, this idea. And like the fact is, I've always said the same, is that if I wanted to take gear for my own personal reasons because I physically was like, you know what, I've reached my set point, I want to go beyond it, and it's purely just for me, no insecurities, no ego for anyone else, it's just me, then I would happily take gear. There's no, and I'd be 100% honest and open about it. But I think we always realized it was one of those conversations that was led by external factors. So yeah, we, luckily we didn't get in there. Yeah, and, and what happened for us is actually rather than 
changing ourselves and what we were going to put into it, we actually changed our surroundings. So when we left the gym, we actually started doing some calisthenics stuff. Leon did a fair bit of tumbling and stuff with gymnastics. We filmed some bits with the bar sparta guys and girls a long time ago. Um, and that kind of, that was quite freeing because once for, for the first time, my value was not on how big or small my calves are, which is an ongoing joke, which I'm the first to take the, which I'm the, first to, to take the piss out of, or how big my biceps are or what I could bench press. That wasn't the value anymore. It was down to your skill and to a certain extent how big your balls are with some of the stuff that those those guys and girls do. <laughs> and then and that just kind of transferred into, into CrossFit. We were with one of the supplement companies we were sponsored by. We went over to Marbella, Leon and I were like, oh, we're both pretty beat up and excited just to have a few days chilling by the pool, got there, and one of our, <laughs> one of our best mates, Zach, and him and Sam were in there with their tops off, and I was like, who the hell are these guys? And they were doing like two workouts a day, and we ended up just having just so much fun doing that, and that kind of what started our, our kind of CrossFit escapades, if, that, if that's the best way to explain it, and that was super freeing, because once again, there is an element to it of vanity that always will be with my fitness, I'm not going to pretend that it's not, I always want to feel confident in myself and that comes with certain stipulations which are set by me uh, which I feel are healthy ones for myself um, but that came with the thing of okay every dog has a day are you flexible if you're not you're going to struggle how are you walking on your hands how's your cardiovascular fitness how's your how's your movement in terms of your proprioception how strong are you and all these things that kind of mix into each other and it was just nice for once for me to feel like I was leveling the playing field and not so much in competition with other people but more myself what was my what was I feeling pressure from? And the answer was I wasn't feeling pressure anymore. Yeah. I wasn't feeling pressure that I had to look like the massive dudes or I had to look like this. All I had to do was be good at whatever I wanted to do. And there were so many different ways and shapes and forms that that worked into. I just found that pretty freeing. I think for me, that's where my enjoyment and I guess my love for CrossFit really came from. Not really because of the methodology or which I agree with some of it, some of it I don't. But it was just the fact that every dog has their day and everyone has a spot that they can fit into. You might not be the strongest in the world, but I bet you can do something that the big guys or girls can't. Yeah, I think for me, my training kind of, as a youngster, was always performance-driven. So it was running and then it was football and captain my team and all that kind of jazz. And then it was boxing, did boxing for about three or four years. So I had everything was about performance opposed to aesthetics. You know, the closest thing to aesthetics was the boxing in terms of the weight category I boxed at. I always had to make weight. So I was always very aware of scales and stuff like that, but not in a negative sense. And then yeah. when that became more bodybuilding style, which was purely just environmental based. I was working in a gym, so I started lifting weights and, you know, you're peacocking, you're trying to meet a missus and you think it's all about getting <laughs> shreds. Um, started the bodybuilding stuff. And then to be honest, I think we both felt extremely trapped by bodybuilding because that's how we built our audience. You know, it, it was absolutely terrifying to be completely honest when we shifted from predominantly bodybuilding content on YouTube at maybe half a quarter of a million subscribers, I think was around the sort of time we started to shift and went towards CrossFit because you still get it. But back then it was really bad. It was purely like your CrossFit or your bodybuilding. And as soon as we started to change, like these two entities just kind <laughs> of met and, it, and you're getting absolutely caned by, that's not a pull-up. Oh, what the hell are you doing? You're pushing through your arms and your shoulders. Shut up. Like, it was just, 
the the audience went almost completely stale for like six months where right. there was this transition phase of constantly people leaving, constantly people coming in. And at the same time, there's, you know, they're meeting in the middle and views just, our views literally died overnight. And, and it suddenly went from the conversation we had to really sit down and have is right. Okay. So do we just try and put out a bit of bodybuilding stuff every now and again to keep these people happy, the odd ab workout, six pack abs, which is always the stuff everyone wanted. Or do we just continue down this route of taking people with us and getting them to essentially feed off our passion and our enjoyment. So you, you may notice there was a little bit more of a shift towards vlogs. So at this time, people wanted to know a little bit more about our lifestyle. So the audience that started to grow from that point, that, that they grew in a natural sense because they were just following us and they were enjoying our passion and coming along for the ride. And we just went, you know what? I don't care about views anymore. I would much rather create the content that I want to create, which is following the passion in terms of getting involved in CrossFit than create stuff just for the sake of views because it was murderous. Like we would sit there deliberating over titles for videos, getting the right thumbnail and all that kind of clickbait crap that you have to do. And then it suddenly just went, I put a lot of love into CrossFit because it was quite, it gave us that transition and that trust to just go and do what you want to do. Um, and now it's, for me, it's kind of changed a little bit. I still do, you know, I've picked up everything, you know, I still skip. I still do some shadow boxing from back in the day. I still do bodybuilding. My favorite workout of the week is bench press and biceps. Love a gun Friday. Always has been. And, <laughs> and I use elements of CrossFit in terms of the EMOMs, the AMRAPs for time and that kind of stuff. So I still, I'm picking up bits as I go. But now, obviously, entering into this um, ultra endurance world, I'm not becoming like an ultra athlete or anything. But one of the things that I've started to really yearn for, especially as I've got into my 30s, I don't think it's a, a, a ticking time thing. But I think just generally it started to happen is I really I really seek out challenges that are undefinable in terms of, oh, it's going to take me X amount or oh, I'm definitely going to be able to finish it in this amount of time. I look for the stuff now or I'm attracted to the stuff that scares me a little bit. And it's like did a 50K last year, first time I've done an ultra. And for the first time I was going into a training block for something going... I don't even know if I'm going to finish it. And I also don't know what state I'm going to be in. Whereas like when I was doing my CrossFit stuff, you're having these conversations, you're like, oh, this bit's going to be really crap, yeah. but it's going to take about 17 minutes. If I break it down like this, it's going to be an average pace of this. You've got a rough definable yeah. route to follow. Whereas with this, I was just like, I'm just sending it into this storm and I haven't got a clue what's going to happen. And there was a real buzz. So then, you know, now we've just done the 250 and that's just kind of, this door that was slightly ajar in the challenge world has now just been basically kicked through with the sole of my foot and it's um moving into that space and carrying all this other stuff that i already do but now just exploring this new space that i've moved into yeah nice man great i think there's some stuff in there guys i just want to i don't want to you know sometimes in an interview you kind of go backwards because you want to go forwards but it's just a point that you make around some of the like the people who, who aren't industry professionals, and I think you can only do this when you've been in the industry for a certain amount of time. You guys have been like super open and, and transparent around your struggles and experiences as people who are looked to as models of health and fitness. And I guess my point around this is like, you, we now see, I look on having been in the industry for, for quite some time and looking at, looking at what I'm seeing online. And you know that so much of it is being driven by insecurity and people looking for validation and they're actually outwardly expressing their own 
internal struggles through the, under the banner of health and fitness, right? And it's just, I think, listening to you guys say that and the journey that you've been on is, it will be massively refreshing for people because it's not talked about enough. We, we like to portray that we've got it all sorted. We're super body confident, but the majority of people that are training like that are massively, like, <laughs> insecure with their own physiques, right? Yeah. Often the, people are in the best shape. Often the people that are in the best shape are the most insecure. And one thing I would just say for people that, because we all get in our heads and we all have our own hang-ups and our own things, and that's perfectly normal, but there is nothing that you can feel which is not normal. I think that's, a, that's an important thing for people to realise, where it doesn't matter what your goals are, what you're feeling pressure by, that's absolutely normal. And the problem is, is that we like to normalise things that are not normal on social media. We like to normalise the highlights reel of people's lives because they think that's what their life's like. Their life isn't like that. I've been doing content online for 10 years and I will know a lot of these people and that is not what their lives are like all the time. They may look like they're having a great time, but they're also sitting in their bedroom by themselves at 10 o'clock at night editing their videos of them being on their jet ski in their swimming pool and doing all this kind of stuff. Like, it's not... It's not, they still have to work and they still have to do stuff. And as they get bigger, sure, they get other people to, to, to do that for them. But that's few and far between people that, are, are, that grow at that rate. Yeah, I think the dangerous thing that you have is this virality on social media now, whereby absolutely everything that you're doing gives you constant analytics and feedback. So yeah. somebody turns around and does something or creates a piece of content, puts up a topless photo or a, a, a chick will film a video of her ass or something like that, and it goes really well. Unfortunately, you will look at that and go, well, I need to repeat that again. And it's so, so easy. You'll see these, I see these rhythms with people all the time where they create the content that they want to for a few months and then they realize that, oh, actually, it's not getting the same engagement that it used to. They'll, they'll then go back to the old formula of, I'm going to do something really relatable now and I'm going to tell everybody how much I'm struggling with my body. You might be struggling with it, but what you actually want is engagement. And that's the thing where there's, you see it from the other side, luckily for us, because we've been doing it for so long, where people are constantly trying to draw their audience in and get the feedback that they need, which is likes, comments, engagements, and, and followers, rather than just putting out content that they enjoy. And I didn't, and, and I, I realize now, like, I've been training for the last four or five months for this, this last challenge. I didn't really care what I shared and what I didn't. I was just turning around and putting bits and pieces up. And the funny thing is now it's had more feedback, more inspiration to people. It's been, it's grown and gone so much further and wider. And I haven't had one thought of, I need to edit this like this. I need to look at it like that. I need to put a filter on it for this because it's just real life. And I think it's a really scary prospect to get to on social media when you get to that point where you're just freely sharing content. You'll notice like the most calculated content that we ever create now, if you want to use that word, is reels. Because reels get seen by a lot more people who don't follow you. That's the only only thought process with our content. Whereas back in the day, for years, we had three years of having to create content that had to be the right piece of content. It had to be how do you, how to lose stubborn belly fat, how mm. to get six pack abs, how to get lean for the summer. Like it had to be that rotation. So we've we've been through the it's, wash of how yeah. miserable 
that can actually be. So now it's just a case of, you know, people people just aren't there yet. And when they get to the point where they're comfortable with themselves, they'll suddenly just start, you know, it was, it'll get a lot less sexy, but it will get a lot more real. And I'm I, looking forward to that. I think that's a good thing to say is most people, because they're, they're, they're newer to it. I, I went to uh, a event the other day for our buddy Sonny Webster's a launch of his mobility app. And I went there and there was people with social media which are three generations removed from when I started. And I looked at it and I'm like, why am I here? I don't know I'm here for Sonny because he's my friend. But where do I fit in in terms of this social thing? Am I someone who's trying to cling on trying too hard I'm like well that's not really my business model anymore I program and, and train people more and then people come up to me and go oh you're like an OG and I was like oh am I like this new dog should, feature yeah, should I, should I, I like, be offended by yeah, that or wh- should I be really happy where, where, <laughs> where do I stand in this and I think Leon made a good point there is when he said about doing the same thing over and over because that's what gets you traction it's like living in Groundhog Day it doesn't create a good relationship but we've done it and we've done it more times than you, and we've done the same thing over and over and over again, hoping to re- replicate a result because that's what we felt that our audience wanted to see. And there is a certain amount of that. Your audience fall into the niche that you have, but you've got to make sure that you're doing it for you and it's for the right reasons because otherwise you'll just it's so gr- you'll just I... grind yourself down. And I'll quite honestly, I'm very candid with this stuff, as Leon is as well. I don't mind telling you. Like One of the first <laughs> things I said was I consider steroids. I really don't mind talking about that. Um, but we've done it. We've been through it. And I remember I would sit there when we first put YouTube videos up. No, bollocks. Three years into putting YouTube videos up, maybe longer. I'd put YouTube videos up and I'd put a lot of time and effort into them. And we used to know that with the real-time stats, if you topped out at 301 views within the first 10, 20 minutes, that would be the cutoff point. It wouldn't show you any more views until the next morning, but if you got there in X amount of time... If you got there in like six or seven minutes, you know you were, you were 10, 20,000 views by the morning started. And I would sit there and I would refresh that bastard. And if it didn't get to it, <laughs> it would affect my mood for the rest of the day. Or the, mm. We'd put up at evening, so ref- and the next day you're refreshing it. And I could not count. I would... I would kind of like to slash hate to see myself from like a bird's eye view or, or, or yeah. and just watch like a and just watch myself how many times I refresh that phone and how much impact that had on my life for the rest of the but day. But then also as well that it, it was value you know the thing is is it, there was a point where we would like John would spend like a vlog which would be a, it's probably the simplest way to edit is like put, chopping a vlog together you'd spend like 12 14 hours mm. vl- <laughs> editing a vlog putting different creations on learning like videographer and cinematic tools After to be able to stuff, to yeah. add something in because for a long while it felt like well that was a level that that got to so now we need to go to this level mm. to this level but what it was actually was was happening was the fact that we were just in this transition point where we'd shifted gear and gone into this new zone and our audience were changing. Because like, even now we've got, what, nearly half a million people on YouTube. Half of those people don't give a flying one nah. what we're doing now. They're just there. And you just you, you arrive at this point where you realise that you're not trying to constantly bring all of your audience in to every single piece of content you're doing. You're just going back to, we've gone full circle. We're back in day one where we're just chucking content out and we're like, take it or leave it you know and that's that that's the that's the place to arrive at yeah yeah and is that that because you guys have got like a a more security and confidence in your business model now whereas before when you were trying to build engagement and audience people to speak to you did you feel like you had to play more to the whim or the the desires of people whereas now you go actually you've Um, taken business a bit more seriously so you've got more freedom 
I, I, there's a turning point for us, and Leon and I will both tell you exactly when that was. Uh, so for once we finished PT, we were all. I was a carpenter before. Leon was a roof tiler. We were used to being in control of our money. You do a job, you get paid. We did about a year's worth of work, and you start working with big brands. They it was it, it was a good year. Yeah. So we were basically <laughs> so uh, we, we were owed a year's worth of money, which was a modest amount of money for us, and it hadn't been paid. Leon had to was at the point where he needed to redo his remortgage for his house, and we were in the position where we had to go. Look, we've got this much money outstanding, a substantial amount of money to our agents. Like, where is it? Because we, and in the end, we got a forward from them of money that we were owed. So Leon was able to sort his mortgage out in the way that needed to do it, and I was saving for a deposit for a house. I was like, we can never, ever be in that position again where all our business cards are in someone else's hands. You can you cannot be there. You cannot have your business model based on social media because if jobs stop coming in because it gets more saturated, what are you going to do? And if we're honest, that's not why we got into it. It's just what we fell into and became comfortable because the money was good. But that's only finite. They only last so long. And then we were like, well, why don't we go back to our passions? Because this isn't fulfilling a lot of the time. Sure, you go around the world and you meet famous people. I'm not going to name drop because I don't really give a shit about famous people. But actually, the only famous person, the one that I really love is Jamie Oliver because he is a dude. He is a dude. Like we like we went when we went to film with him. He the first thing he does is like gives you a hug and then just starts taking the piss out of you. And I'm like, right, yeah, we're besties. <laughs> um, so yeah, like you, you get to meet these people and it, and it's great, but. It's not, none of that's real life. You don't, few yeah. and far between do you make lasting friendships or even create a friendship with these people. They're normally facilitated by a third party, whether it's a brand that you're both sponsored by. Um, so, yeah, I think you just, you have to be true to yourself and sure, you get swept up into it. It's great. You get to do all this traveling. You get to do all this stuff, but it's really important you come back home. And what I mean by that is you come back to what your passion is. Because our passion is helping people and it will always be that. And no matter what I do in my life, it will be around helping people. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it was a huge shift when when we created our business alongside YouTube, opposed to YouTube being the thing. Yeah. Um, that That's where... Like now, in the nicest possible way, I'm like, do I want to film today? If I don't want to film, I'm not going to film. And there was a lot more pressure to film. And I think in some ways, the content that goes out now is better because some because back then we used to live to this, you know, like a, it used to be schedule. like a TV schedule. It had to be Monday, Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Sunday. So sometimes you'd try and scrape around to get a video together just because you, you could get some content up. But what you realize is that ends up being more damaging they're not uploading at all because it's content that doesn't really make sense. You've not really thought about it. You're not really enjoying the process. So I'd say that the only thing that's really changed is the fact that we now get to decide when we want to create something. Um, yeah. And yes, you know, the business models there and everything, and it works really, really well, which is great. Um, but yeah, I think YouTube's just now a, a choice. You and can't back spend then, 10 didn't, years. Didn't feel like a choice. Reinventing a way to show people how to lose belly fat. How, like it's, it's 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 one two videos at max. You can't just keep going. This is the thing. I'll, I'll go back and do what did well for us. How can you reinvent that video once a week for ten? You can't. Not yeah. without going absolutely batshit crazy. It's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. So you have to diversify. And it got to a point where like, look, our audience are going to come with us or they're not. But I'm not going to dictate my life around what they want to see. 
They can come with us or they can't. And at the end of the day, we'll just go to whatever the next thing appears for us. Um, yeah. What I'm, what I'm hearing from, from both of you throughout that is uh, just a, a really nice message for literally everyone, regardless of where you're at and what you're doing at all. Like everyone that's listening, have, and some of it I'm sure will be just like as we get older in, in terms of our maturity and our, self, our self-worth and our self-acceptance. But I'm hearing that you, you gave yourself permission to go i'm gonna be me and this and and here it is this is me this is me doing my thing not trying to be trying to be what you want me to be or be what i think someone wants me to be to make this video go better it's just like here it is and like leon say you saying you're just like the freedom that gives you it's just yeah it's just wicked to to hear and also like you can tell when you say it you can see it you can when you're talking about the old times when you were like you know, compared to saying, well, now I just took it out there and it's like, this is me. And like, actually, what's cool is that those people that then it resonates with, like, they go, yeah, this is great. And it, everyone's just being real. And the more people like yourselves that are just being real in the real world, is it, it just gives permission for other people to do the same. Yeah, yeah I think you have, to, you have to ask yourself and you have to have a definition for what wealth is to you um, and I had this conversation with Sonny and a few people at this thing they're like oh what are you doing now and I explained to him they'll be like wow I've never thought of that or I'm, how have you got to that point at this age um, a lot of that's through therapy and stuff like that, that I've done for a long time which has been amazing um, but you have to dictate what wealth is to you wealth to me and Leon is time with a family and health it's not money. So money's not our driving factor. So sure, could we do more hours and do more things? Yes. But what do we lose? If we do that, we lose the top of our list, time. There's always a scale, the isn't there? It's, it's, always, it's yeah. always a balance. So yes, we do things that we enjoy and we do certain amount of stuff. But at the same time, everything is to facilitate partly security because you've got to have that, but time with, with, with our kids and with our wives because you only get that once. Yeah. And I remember we were our agent's worst nightmare for like two or three years. Yeah. You'd go in for the meeting, the annual meeting, of her, which is all again, it's all just numbers. Great. And they're talking about how much you earn, how much you turn down, and what the projection is for the next year. And we'd sit there and we're turning down 65, 70% of the work that was coming in. We're like, well, what the hell am I going to do with some blusher? You know, I don't care about that. You know, it's like there's, there's so many. You put it on your face. Yeah, years and years of opportunity. And there still is opportunity that comes in now, which is amazing. But one of the things that we were an absolute nightmare for in some ways for those guys is the fact that we weren't, I'm not going to do a job just because it pays. I'm like, if I haven't got a story to tell, if I can't make somebody laugh, if I can't give them some value or some education out of it, it's just not going to work. And also as well, every time you do these ads that don't really add any value to people you're ruining your credibility as well so because of that you know that's that just that just shows you know one of the main reasons i think we're still here is because we haven't sold out a million times to the to the wrong brands i think a good way to define that leon is we were personal trainers and health coaches who discovered and became part of youtube we weren't youtubers who wanted to do health and fitness yeah so we had our principles we had our skills we had our outlines before and we knew what worked and didn't work with clients. So they, they were non-negotiable, unbudgeable things. And we've turned down some pretty amazing stuff in the past 
because it goes against our values and that's never going to change um and our values haven't changed because it's integral to who we who we are as people um that's a good point we should really film that mars bar content oh today. yeah shit yeah better get that than that <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, actually the first ever job we got offered we hadn't made a penny out of youtube we didn't know you could really we just they just gave you a cpm once you hit ten thousand followers have made you got paid click per thousand which is a certain like a penny per thousand people that views a certain amount of time in your video and i think it was mars or snickers that came in and they offered us 15 grand to do a video and we were personal trainers doing okay actually but working every hour under the sun 15 grand's a lot we're like how many hours of pt yeah, is we're that like, it's like a lot of hours amazing. how many mars bars no, could i buy with 15 grand yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is amazing but we can't do it uh, and we turn it down we were both just like and we also but we were well. okay about it. And that was when we thought, okay, we're doing so. And that was the precedent, yeah. precedent for how we held ourselves. And it felt good yeah. to turn that down. Yes, do I eat Mars bars? Yes, do I eat McDonald's? Yes. Do I promote them? No. But am I honest about eating them? Yes. There's a big, big difference. Yeah. Um, and it's about being clear with how that sits for you. Yeah, nice. Love it. Well, you could probably do another 45 minutes, but um, I think <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe save that for another day. But thank you so much for coming on and just, uh, yeah, like being real. I think it's such a refreshing uh, voice to hear, for voices to hear from people that have been there, put the skin in the game, come through the other side of it. And the thing that comes out to me is you guys just seem really content where you're at, and that is wealth, right? If you can, if you can find contentment and happiness and joy in what you're doing, then the rest of the material stuff is less um, less important. But I think you've got to go through the mill a little bit. You've got to promise, got to go there and try and experience it to know that it's not actually what it's packaged up to be and to come out the other yeah. side with a better perspective. It's not always, it's not always easy as well being content because on the other flip side now of am I doing enough? Should I be doing more? So it's about managing that at the same time. I don't want to pretend like, oh yeah, I've got everything sorted and I'm 100%. and all my lines and my ducks are aligned. They're not. They're just better yeah. than they were before. Yeah, I think for me as well, it's like. You... Go on, Liam. I was going to say, I think in terms of when we're talking about the wealth wealth factor as well, I will say now that back in the day, I remember when we got our first big check. One thing that I always wanted to buy myself was a nice watch. And I remember buying that watch and I thought for two or three years afterwards, I was like, oh, I'm going to really regret that because I've just spunked a load of money on something material. But I'll be honest that that still has so much value to me 10 years later because it was, it was a statement. It was a statement. It was it was attached to a moment in time. And, it, and there's, there is still there is still value in material things but the difference is is when they have different layers attached to them and they come with you know a, a lot more emotion rather than just oh i'm yeah. going to go and buy this because it's filling a hole emotionally then yeah. you know i still think they have their worth and value it's just a case of you know context whereas back in the day you know mm -hmm. we're seeing people going and buying lambos and and yeah. penthouse suites and stuff like that and i'm like but it's because you're trying to encourage people to come and hang out with you because you've got no friends you know <laughs> it's, it's it, was a it was obviously angle. it wasn't about the watch the reason it means to me is because it's what the watch what that watch stands for i'm sure yeah it represented yeah. you know and that's yeah. the thing it's like I, still, I definitely wouldn't sit here and say that i'm not materialistic but the difference is is i'm a lot more calculated with the material purchases that i have nowadays mm -hmm. rather than just buying a new pair of shoes because i'll get a nice comment about them Whereas now, so I'm going to buy a new pair of shoes because I want them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah. to, I've got to ask just like my one final question, um, Leon. You've done a hundred uh, 250k ultra in Sri Lanka. What like last week? 
this yeah, week? Yeah, flew home. It was last Monday through Friday. I flew home Sunday. So how many days was how many days was the run? So uh, it was scheduled five days back to back, and you average. You camp in the jungle. You're self sufficient <laughs> in terms of the fact that you live off dehydrated meals. You have your whole fuel strategy with you and everything like that, and it just gets transferred to each each camp and you mm-hmm. average 50k a day so anyone out there who normally talks in marathons a marathon is 42k so you mm-hmm. average 50 but some days were like 40 44 56 there was like a 65 that was supposed to be in there but unfortunately that got cancelled and then there's like another 45 so you're averaging basically a marathon a day for the week mm-hmm. um and it was amazing like i'm somebody who absolutely loves running anyway but i was like a 10 5k runner before this so it's not like i just walked up to it i ran my first put it this way i ran my first marathon time during training so i'd done like the 50k but i couldn't tell you what my marathon was because i was doing the 50s he's also being very modest it was his first ever ultra marathon and he came third out of 52 people wow yeah so i was that where was that that's the cool sri lanka uh well he came third now in that thing yeah yeah so the Holy cool crap. stuff is obviously I massively exceeded my own expectations and I've just been because I came third, I've been offered a um spot to the world here's some more punishment welcome the world championship qualifiers in slovenia which i will be turning down um which is in june not because i don't want to do the running i have i i must admit i there's 100 percent of me that says that i will do another one of these um because you know when you're doing these things from the outside perspective you see physical output and you see miles or you see kilometers and it's like what the hell are you doing this for but from just the small conversations that I've had, like with John, we did a podcast yesterday talking about it a little bit deeper. The amount these challenges offer mentally and personally is indescribable. You, 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 you just can't. It's one of those things when people say you can't understand unless you've done it. Like when I was when I, there was moments where I was running where, you know, you're having this pure realization that you can't silence the voice. The thing is, everyone says, oh, the voice is there sometimes of doubt. Sometimes it's there to support you. Sometimes it's not there at all. The thing that I realize is it's it's always there. It's a case of how you use it and mold it to help you and support you rather than trying to constantly silence it. And I'm like, Mm. I've now almost, it sounds really strange, but I've almost got more respect in some ways for paranoid schizophrenics and people talking to themselves on the streets i'm like they might even be more awake than what i am because they're all they're doing is sharing their voice outwardly you know it's like Mm. there is this there's this level of conversation and murmuring that's always there and you know there's moments where i may have looked like an absolute mentalist running down the world the road going yeah let's fucking go Leon yeah you know I am doing it we are getting it done and it's like <laughs> do I stop I'm not sure whether I should stop or not and it's like you realize that this voice is really just there to try and f- seek comfort in the situation mm. you know this inner, inner dialogue is anxiety 101 that's all it is and when you you reach these moments where you're at your darkest, your lowest point, you're having this conversation back and forth and you realize that it's actually your greatest tool. 
And it was it was unbelievable. Have like, you it was read a great the experience. So, so I'm actually li- that's exactly what I'm listening yeah, so to right now. Right now, but so yeah, good. it was it was a great challenge. Um, physically, it was great. You know, I thought that I wanted just a medal out of it and all the rest of it and finish it, which which I got those, which was great. But for me, it was there's moments that happen throughout that which were character building they they showed me levels of who i was which i didn't really know that i had physically and mentally and emotionally and then you it's know like a little netflix movie some really good sick. moments in them <laughs> yeah, it was sick um and then you know i come back and i get that another another level of pride where i haven't injured myself i'm not completely broken my knees haven't exploded <laughs> i started training again and i, and I mm. ran again today you know and it's it's things like that you get constant positive reinforcement and all it does is you know it comes back and it breeds more confidence and self-belief which you know we we could all do with a bit more well i've got a fun little run for you in september if you fancy it around anglesey in wales all right Um, why not 135 miles in three days it'll be easy (laughs) for you it's shorter it's about half the distance what is is it a ragnar relay you say um so it's uh, the coastal path around anglesey um oh cool it's 135 miles in yeah in three in three days. It's a bit weird nice. in that the like first day and last day are like 35 miles or something, and then the middle day is like 70. Lovely. Um, I'm yeah, a bit like, why have you done it like that? <laughs> can't we? Can't we just make it even? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way that they do it. I mean, they they always they always put something in there just as a bit of a sickener. So, but yeah, now I'm up for it. Why not? Yeah. Okay. I'll send you some. I'll send you some details. I'll send you one. I'll send you. Have you heard of the Dragon's Back race? I feel like I have heard of that, um, they, but I don't know much about it. Oh, uh, they claim it's like the. I watched a documentary. They claim it's like the hardest in the world, but obviously it's like it's the Welsh claiming that they're there. But um, uh, anyway, it's from the north of Wales to the south of Wales, so from Conway to Cardiff, across all the biggest peaks. Um, yeah. It's mental no. in a week. You ask, no. you need to, the documentary is amazing. Amazing. There's this lady that comes like third or something, and she's just like jogging in, like smiling. Hello, everybody. Every day, just like absolutely fine. It's like incredible. Legend. You know what I'm pleased about it? this podcast is literally taking on the exact advice from you boys, and you've, you've sacked off what everyone wants to listen to. You've got two running noses. <laughs> exactly. Like just races. be in the permission. <laughs> Leon gave me permission to be out. myself. Whether you want to listen or not. <laughs> there you go. Brilliant. And, and lads, boys. thank you so much for having us on. Like massive respect for you guys as well and what you do, and, and keep on fighting the good fight, as they say. I appreciate it. Thank you, boys. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. We hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon. Sounds good. Then. There we have it. A fascinating conversation. I'm just going away like uplifted. Um, feel like I just want to, yeah, go and just be be more us. Like how how much of us can we be? Um, I just You're think that's quite, just, you just already, wicked. Jacko, I think you are generally quite authentic on online already. You do a good job of that. Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that we're not authentic. I just think the whole like, oh yeah, for like. Yeah, like that's why that's what I want to do. It's like let's go and do that, whatever that whatever that thing is. And I and I just hope the people listening of feeling that as well and taking giving yourself permission to like whatever it, those things you want to do or how you want to be like. Just if that's right for you, then then go and do it. And I think that one of the things that the boys said was, you know, it's not about 
it's not about sort of playing the game they've been there and done that and like trying to actually just the more honest we can be with ourselves the better and you know in all honesty you, you you're probably going to think this is a five star review on itunes or wherever you listen to your podcast aren't you so it, it's probably just fair to just give that 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 honest five star uh five star <laughs> review for the podcast we're gonna put out, we're gonna put out our own content it doesn't matter what the people think we're yeah but do it, it doesn't us. matter because we're just gonna do, carry on doing the podcast that we like having but it does make a difference to the bottom line <clears throat> um anyway yeah so yes. we hope you've enjoyed that one guys thank you massively to john and leon for coming on and uh, and just yeah being open transparent talk about things that the fitness industry needs to talk more about and also the influence of of social media and some advice from people who have been there and very much done it got the t-shirt so until next time keep exploring your physical potential with movement strength and play class dismissed